0: Hi, I'm Bruno Holthoff, and you're listening to Health Innovation and Entrepreneurship, a podcast series from the International Health and Tropical Medicines Programme at the University of Oxford. Our guest today is Anna Shu. Anna is a medical doctor, an academic researcher, and a healthcare entrepreneur. She started working at Oxford University in 2006, and was appointed as Professor of Molecular Diagnostics in 2014. During this time in Oxford, Anna has been developing DNA-based tests for blood disorders and cancers. And her interest in global health started during her first trip to Tanzania in 2017. She realized that while some effective and affordable treatments are available, they were missing a key component, affordable diagnostics. And of course, we all know that a precise diagnosis is essential in delivering the right treatment to the right patient at the right time. It's against this backdrop that Seren was born. This spin-out from Oxford University aims to promote and support DNA-based diagnostics in low and middle income countries. The first facility in Dar es Salaam has now opened and will offer DNA tests for as little as $10 per test. Hey Anna, you're joining us from Dar es Salaam. Welcome to the program. And it would be great if you could share your vision for Saren with our listeners. Yeah. Um, hi uh, Bruno. Thanks a lot for having me today
1: the the vision of uh, seren is threefold uh, to start off seren uh, is a global endeavor the opening of the clinic and uh, the laboratory in dar es salaam serves uh, just as another you know, testimony of uh, the work and the impact that uh, we hope to achieve uh, we know now and demonstrated uh, with the opening uh, of seren um, africa in tanzania that we can promote and support sustainable diagnostics in low-middle-income countries. Um, but our work really aims to extend far beyond Tanzania. Uh, bearing in mind that 47% of the global population has little or no access to diagnostics, um, it's, uh, it's really important that we strengthen uh, the, uh, all kinds of diagnostics, from very basic diagnostics to uh, more sophisticated diagnostics, uh, such as DNA uh, sequencing, which, of course, is uh, even more um, uh, rarer to uh, to be accessed. Oxford University has the knowledge in terms of the algorithm required for DNA analysis. Um, it's also important that uh, we have uh, very deep knowledge on quality control. We provide uh, um, cost-effective and impactful diagnostics for patients with cancer uh, or uh, other blood disorders. CERN is dedicated to putting these to u- good use, to leapfrogging and ensuring that citizens all over the world have quick and cheap access to a DNA based tests. Using modern HIPAA compliant cloud technology, uh, we deliver diagnostic reports remotely. Uh, it also means that our colleagues uh, locally can uh, log into the uh, cloud system and they can actually do the analysis together uh, with the Oxford team uh, and over time uh, learn how to uh, do the analysis and then take over the analysis independently. Secondly, uh, we seek to provide medical training to clinical staff uh, and uh, bioinformatics training to data scientists. Bioinformatics is a key component of any uh, precision diagnostics and uh, there is really a lack of Uh, uh, data scientist training uh, currently in many low-middle-income countries. We really want to train the new generation of global clinicians and diagnosticians um, because it's critically important that local clinicians and scientists take ownership over the data. We think that this will enable low-middle-income countries to, to provide diagnostics eventually independently, not just for patient care, uh, but also for disease registries uh, and uh, DNA databases. Disease prevalence and outcome data in these registries are key to inform research priorities and to secure uh, funding, be it from governments or external stakeholders such as pharmaceutical companies. the data re- The data from registries is is also really key to plan uh, healthcare service provision in uh, the medium and long term we believe that high income settings will hugely benefit from such a holistic understanding of worldwide diagnostics uh, so this is not just an altruistic uh, enterprise this is actually something that we think um, is important for uh, anybody uh, worldwide uh, finally uh, sarin wants to generate and sequence african genomes less than 8% of sequencing data in current genome databases is from particip- participants of african origin and every day that percentage decreases more and more as we're increasing the number of um, uh, genomes uh, from uh, originating from people of European or North American descent. Unraveling the huge variability of African genomes is not only key for the uh, realization of precision diagnostics, precision medicine, and precision prevention in Africa. It's actually an essential for our understanding of human disease drug development and pharmacogenomics globally. A resolution of variants of uncertain significance, for example, which are a big problem in diagnostics and also in drug development will only be possible if we have full understanding of the uh, diversity of the human genome. And that really includes very much the African genome in particular in East Africa, alongside the Rift Valley.
0: What a really great example of, uh, of global health here, uh... Anna, and uh, how to um, involve uh, the uh, African population in terms of better understanding the human uh, genome. Uh, I'm sure that if you could start over again, you would do certain things differently. Uh, What would those be?
1: Uh, Well, to start off with, I I try to never regret anything in life um, because obviously uh, you can learn from your mistakes. uh, however uh what I really have learned from this program and you know you, you have to remember I'm not somebody who started their career in global health I came into global health very late in my career um, but it was at a time where I um you could call it now when I look back I was burned out and I realized that later on that this was because I was trying to not just provide a service in in the NHS, but also uh, manage the service, uh, direct and mentor and teach. And these are five components and you can't do everything in one go. So what I really learned through the Global Health Programme is to delegate and to trust um, younger people, upcoming future leaders, uh, to take on uh, responsibility and, and roles, and and also sometimes to you know to run against the wall and make a mistake, uh, but for me what was important was that I um, managed to really learn what directing means and what delegation means, uh, and so this is for me personally the bigger, the, the 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 most um, important learning point.
0: Yeah, what a great transition to my last question, Anna. You know we're training the future leaders in global health here in. Oxford and you've been working uh, with them uh, and, and, as you say, delegating and making them take uh, ownership and uh, uh, move things forward. What advice would you give our students who want to pursue a leadership role in global health?
1: There are two things really I would mention to students looking to pursue leadership roles in global health. I mean, the first one is um, choose your team wisely. Uh, it is really important uh, especially when you're working across uh, different countries and different continents uh, that you have a, a team that um is very aligned with your principles and values um when you start a global health program initially i was very much in unfamiliar territory uh, in a different culture in in a language that is not my that I was not um uh, initially speaking. Um, uh, so there are many moments when the easiest thing, uh, would be to just give up and to throw in the towel. Uh, so it's really important that, um, you are surrounded by people who are, uh, share your, your vision and your ambitions and that they are not just scientists and papers, but that they're really people who want to do impactful work. Um, so choose your co-workers uh, carefully, uh, it's important when you, especially when you set up uh, startup companies, that um, you trust your instincts and your convictions. Uh, don't be discouraged if you don't have conventional intellectual property. Uh, many times over, the lawyers say, "Oh, you know, this cannot be patented." Um, and I actually think, personally, it's much more important that you have know-how. Um, uh, this It might not obviously be what investors are looking for because they want um, a proof that something is very valuable and they think that the patent is that proof. Um, but it is much more important that you, um, for impactful work at least, that you have um, a, a, a know-how and a, a lot of experience actually and a lot of respect towards other cultures. Uh, which brings me to my uh, last point uh, is about collaboration. So you can't do it alone. You always need um, other people to help you. And it's important um, that we overcome those divides, whether uh, these are north-south divides or south-south divides. Uh, we really have to work together. There's so much work uh, that needs to be done uh, in the global health uh, context. And the, the it's really important that... Um, as people from um coming from uh, different cultural backgrounds that we see ourselves more as enablers and as mentors um uh helicopter science is is really uh, completely dead uh and we we need to um um you know just make sure that people in the in in low middle income countries so many talented clinicians and scientists that they're being encouraged and that they gain confidence in speaking out and, and realizing their dreams and their ambitions um, uh, there is no reason why that can't happen and it's not always about uh, money it's actually a lot of the time about encouragement um and mentorship uh, and we do need to to really understand and respect local national international context uh the 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 value of indigenous knowledge is completely underrated and over time i think you know when we're designing our research programs or when when we're creating our companies or in, in enterprises we need to integrate that indigenous knowledge and that indigenous culture into um you know e- whether it's the business model or whether it's um uh the the Um, Yeah, the the research question, uh, it is important to listen to our our collaborators.
0: What a really inspiring story, uh, Anna. I really like that. If you also like this podcast and you would like to listen to other entrepreneurs in health, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast series. And if you're interested in reading more about the work we're doing in international health and tropical medicine, please click on the link provided below this podcast. Thank you, Anna, for joining in. Thank you for listening.